Chapter 16 of A Boy Crusoe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Boy Crusoe by Alan Eric. Chapter 16 Pleasant Companions Enlarging the House. I told them as briefly as possible the story of my exile on the island to which they listened seemingly with the greatest interest refraining on account of delicacy i supposed from asking about my strange garb and now i said at the conclusion of my narrative you must make yourselves at home and as comfortable as possible while i see about dinner for it was just midday and then we will attend to the poor fellow who lies outside on the beach so saying i took my bow-gun my guests watching me in wonder and started for the thicket behind the house I hoped to secure a pigeon, for my companions must be in need of nourishing food. I had the good fortune to spy a pigeon almost immediately and to secure it with a single arrow. My companions were greatly surprised to see me return so quickly, and after placing some yams and breadfruit to roast in the ashes, I set about plucking the pigeon. It was a plump bird of the ringtail variety. Half of it I fixed over the coals to roast, and with the remainder I proceeded to make some broth which I succeeded very well in doing, thickening it with crumbs of cold roasted breadfruit and seasoning it with salts of my own manufacture as I explained to my guests while I prepared it. After the repast, which greatly revived Mr. Harborough and his daughter, we all went to the beach, I leading the way to where the dead sailor lay. Poor fellow, said Mr. Harborough, it is the third mate. The barkentine carried seven men beside the captain and three mates. We must see if any more have come ashore but although we searched carefully all along the shore up the bay we found no other bodies so the dead sailor was carried tenderly to the palm grove where he was laid in a grave dug after much hard labor and lined with grass i promising to carve a headpiece for it in the near future then i took mr harborough and his daughter around the neighborhood of my hut showing them where i had been cast ashore where i had gathered the reeds and cut the bamboos for my house where I had discovered the yam vines, indeed, I gave them a careful history of my doings thereabout, which used up all the afternoon. The sea, meantime, had subsided, and the sun had dried the bush and the grass, and after a frugal meal from the remnants of the noonday repast, we sat long in front of the house beneath the tropical sky, watching the moon rising above the feathery palm tops while we speculated regarding the future. The situation presented few complications, for we must simply make the best of everything until rescued, be it days, months, or years. Mr. Harborough had most important information to communicate, namely, that the three sisters had a bountiful store of food supplies and cooking utensils, as well as a rifle, shotgun, and ammunition for each. The rifle had belonged to the captain and the shotgun to the mate, who, when opportunity offered, were accustomed to go ashore for a little sport, shooting to get these treasures ashore would greatly add to our comfort and although we had no boat we resolved very early in the morning to set about discussing means for saving as much as possible from the vessel mr harborough i was glad to see took a cheerful view of the situation and was resolved not to despair and miss harborough also showed her bravery by taking the greatest interest in our plans with some large pieces of coconut cloth i screened off a corner of the room including my couch which was to serve as Miss Harborough's sleeping apartment, while Mr. Harborough and I stretched ourselves on the floor near the door. Before we slept, I communicated to him my intention to build an addition to the house, 
before attempting to do much in getting things from the vessel in order to afford miss harborough privacy by having a room to herself he thanked me for all my kindness and we knew no more until awakened by puff who while everything was damp had not been heard from indeed i had i regretted to admit forgotten him but now his feathers dry and the morning bright and fair he made himself heard indicating by all the words in his vocabulary interspersed with shrill screeches that he was hungry and would brook no delay in having his wants supplied the morning repast finished we adjourned to the beach to lay out a plan of work for the immediate future we had two matters to discuss one the most important of devising ways and means of transporting the supplies from the stranded barkentine to the shore and the other the construction of an addition to the house for the accommodation of miss harborough it seems to me observed mr harborough that we should solve the problem of getting out to the vessel as quickly as possible for if there arises another great storm she might break up that is very true i replied and your suggestion is a wise one so as the building of the addition to the house will not be a long task if we work together let us set to work upon it at once we will construct it in the same manner as i built this house it was decided that mr harborough should cut the bamboos and the canes while i would build the house having acquired some skill from my previous work i fear you will find it laborious work for i have only this knife i observed taking out my much-used knife ah he replied i have a good knife larger and stronger than yours so saying he produced a large pocket-knife having a broad strong blade capital said i now we shall get on famously i conducted him to the thicket of bamboos a little way up the stream leaving him while i went a little further down to cut reeds oh but i want to do something to help exclaimed miss harborough what can i do you can be of the greatest assistance by carrying reeds to the house they are very light and besides you can take small armfuls she was overjoyed at the idea and she at once set to work with much enthusiasm i cut a quantity of reeds and then went back to bring some bamboos after which i set to work cutting a doorway through the side of the house to connect it with the extension i pursued the same methods as in making the main house mr harborough cutting bamboos and reeds his daughter bringing all the filling material from the stream while i set up the frame and wove the reeds into the walls this finished grass was cut for thatching the roof we worked steadily only stopping for a bit to eat at noon so that by sunset the addition was completed it was six by eight feet in dimensions and it was very thoroughly made after consulting miss harborough it was decided not to have a door between the two apartments but to hang up a curtain instead i suggested that the curtain be made of coconut cloth and i promised miss harborough to gather the cloth in the morning and show her how to sew it together with fine roots we all sat for a time in front of the house enjoying the breeze which blew toward the land after the sundown retiring early in anticipation of the work of the morrow before i slept i had formed a plan to reach the barkentine on the reef which i believed would prove successful the morning dawned bright and cloudless and the household was awakened by puff screaming for his breakfast End of chapter 16